So since we are incorporated out of the state of New York, uh, this episode is not sponsored by FanDuel today. Yeah, no, we we had to, unfortunately, uh, back out of that arrangement. Yeah. Instead, we're being sponsored by uh, BarkBox. Oh, what's that? Oh, yeah, you're not on Instagram. Uh, you know how Squarespace is the sponsor of every podcast? I'm aware of this, yes. Uh, BarkBox is the sponsor of every dog on Instagram. Every famous dog. So is that sort of like NatureBox, but for dogs? I'd never heard of NatureBox until like a couple uh, a couple months ago, but yes, you just uh, you subscribe. I think at like twenty or thirty dollars a month, and they just send you a box full of uh, stuff for your for your pup. I actually uh, subscribed to NatureBox a couple of months ago, and I've been really liking it. Is NatureBox just like uh, hippie snacks? They're not really that hippie, no. But, but it's it's like fruit bars, and it's like that's part of it. But they they kind of have everything. Well, what comes in a NatureBox? Well, I mean, you pick. So they, you go on the website and they have, you know, different types of snacks. They, you know, at the most basic level, I guess, they've got some savory snacks and they have some sweet snacks and then they have different categories. So, yes, they do have granola bars and that kind of stuff. But they also have, you know, I don't know, different types of like popcorn and nuts and kind of everything you can think of, really. And it's it seems like it sort of constantly changes, too. Can I derail this slightly and say that I, I don't. I always find the term savory weird. I don't know why people don't just use uh, tasty. Hmm. I, I don't know. I actually kind of, I like savory and sweet. I think that's a, that's a good pairing of words. Well, no, but uh, uh, that was to say that sweet foods are not good. Oh, I see. Yeah. Anyway, sorry to uh, derail your uh, product placement. Oh, no, please. Yeah. They're not, they're, I mean, they're not a sponsor, but, you know. Yet. Yet. It's proof of concept. Right. Grease in the wheels of justice. Yeah, we'll, f- we'll figure, you know, after maybe 70 episodes or something, we'll get a sponsor. I don't know. How many How many of these do we have to do before it starts to make money, do you think? I think it's a, it's a base two thing. So I think episode 64 is when it turns profitable. Got it. Okay, nice. We're almost there then. And on that note, we should, because we don't, we don't ever do this. Uh, this is episode 57 of Technically Correct. Yeah, and you know, in full disclosure, most of the time, I don't even know what episode it is. I, I assume our show notes are incredibly comprehensive then. Um, well, they're they're not bad. Are there links ever? No. I mean, there's a nice <laughs> summary of the show available to folks who, you know, view the, the podcast feed through iTunes and other popular, you know, podcasting programs. Sure. I miss, I miss calling software programs instead of apps, don't you? I call them applications on a Mac. I- I'm, I'm, I just, I miss calling them programs. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, because you, 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 before you used to install a program, you went and download an app. Absolutely. Yeah, it felt much more substantial. It did. An app feels lighter. And I th- Well, I think that speaks to almost everything. And we'll actually, we're not going to use this as a transition point to the iPad Pro because I refuse to talk about Apple stuff first anymore. Okay. Like, I just feel like every, because I was listening to one of our shows this week, uh, something Wait, I try not to do. I'm, I'm sorry, what? Like, once every 20 episodes, I'll listen for quality control. <laughs> oh, I, I see. Okay. No, did, um, did this most recent uh, quality inspection pass? Uh, I think the audio editing could be tighter. <laughs> oh, ouch. I'm just kidding. Which episode did you listen to? Do you even remember? I think I listened to 20 minutes of the last one, and then uh, my car ride ended. <laughs> That's, anyway. insp- that's inspiring. Thank you. And, and I'm not gonna, <clears throat> and I'm not gonna listen to it uh, before I go to sleep. That's kind of weird. 
Yeah, no, I don't do that. Well, no, I listen to podcasts before I go to sleep, and I'm going to listen to my own podcast because I'll, I'll terrorize my own yeah. dreams. Can I, can I actually derail <laughs> your derailing of the show? Um, I forgot what we were originally talking about. Yeah, so. I don't, I don't really remember either. Have we actually started yet? I don't know. Um, I, I, this, if this is too personal, you can, you know, decline to answer. But um, how do you listen to podcasts as you're falling asleep? Like, is this using a speaker next to your bed? Is this headphones? Um, you know, what, what are you doing there? I don't want this to sound weird, but but just the mental image of using headphones to listen to a podcast. Since I sometimes like roll over or will toss and turn to my sleep. I imagine I would like choke myself to death <laughs> using headphones. So oh. no, I do not do that. Um, no, I have um, on the bedside table, I have uh, the charging cord for my phone and then the watch. So no, it just uh, sits on the bedside table at a reasonable volume and just actually do, depending on how um, tired or restless I am, uh, I'll do a 10 to 30 minute sleep timer on it. And then in the morning on the drive to work, I'll just uh, <laughs> rewind to wherever I fell asleep and then that works. So yeah, I, I follow a, a very similar pattern. Um, but so, but for you, the the lady friend d- doesn't mind that. She prefers it. Oh, okay, well, that's nice. Well, and, and that's why. Um, well, on that note, not to get too personal, like sometimes when there's nothing to listen to, I'll put like I'll put on an old "You Look Nice Today," and she says that she's memorized like the first four minutes of every "You Look Nice Today" <laughs> because she never remembers or she never falls uh, stays awake for the rest of it. Yeah, I you know I really wish there was some technology where your phone knew when you fell asleep and then just instantly paused the podcast. Cause sometimes finding out the, the point where I fell asleep, like the next morning is uh, sometimes challenging. Well, yeah. Cause I'm always like, Oh uh, no, I think I heard this. No, I didn't. Oh, I definitely heard this. And then whoops. And I listen, I like on a 30 minute commute, I only listen to 10 minutes of new stuff. Hmm. Yeah. Problem <laughs> problems of the modern era. Yes. Other generations had typhoid. Yeah, well, you know, as you say, the struggle is real. Is that a Drake lyric? Uh, I died. Who knows, really? I've managed to go two weeks without uh, hearing one word of Hotline Bling, so I feel I feel proud. To I'm sorry. To what? The one where he's dancing in the sweater. Is that the name of the song? I don't know. The one where people are doing all the uh, the animated gifs of him throwing pepperonis on stuff. <laughs> yes. This is all I know about pop culture. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So going, uh, so peeling one, I, I, I don't layer, know what, layer, layer off the onion. I'm, I'm trying to put it back into place. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's going to work. So it was go, uh, going to sleep to podcasts. Um, what was I talking about before this? Uh, who, who knows? No, I, I had a point here. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Oh, we, we were talking about apps. I think. Oh, I think you're thinking of programs. What was I saying? Yeah, you didn't. Okay, well, now I don't know why you... Why you... Like, you know, you used to install a program because it felt more substantial. Apps are kind of light. And I, I think that that's pretty much all we said. Okay, but how did that trend... Right, who knows? I'll try to back this up. Okay. Yeah. Now, we'll, we'll, cut, we'll cut most of this out. All right. So, anyway, uh, <laughs> the, uh, New York... Uh, il- uh, sorry, not illegalized. Um, <laughs> you were, mm-hmm. yes. they, well, they didn't criminalize it either. They just sent a cease and desist order to FanDuel. And, and DraftKings. Is the only difference that one of them specializes in football and one specializes in baseball, or do they both do the same thing? I I honestly couldn't tell you. Okay. Well, anyway. All right. Before we get into the meat of the show, uh, one thing I noticed uh, earlier this week, um, and I wanted to ask you, uh, do you feel slighted 
by Amazon that the the marina is treated as a second class citizen uh, citizen for Prime Now. Oh, ooh, what what do you mean by this? So Prime Now is uh is now available in the Bay Area for the um or for uh San Francisco and very 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 limited parts of the East Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, for you know the one hour delivery thing. I I, I do, which I, it, which is in a separate app, which I think is inexplicable but anyway well but it's not like installing a program apps are easy i'm I'm bringing it all back yeah um so yeah it's available i think as of this week uh in uh the bay area and uh uh the marina is in a two-hour delivery window what and i love it that's outrageous i had actually thought about using that now you have to wait twice as long you entitled they were running some type of really good promotion though, where you got like I think it's like twenty bucks off your first order of fifty dollars or more. So I was thinking about that. Got to wait a whole two hours. Man, I should just move. You should get in on that uh, mission action. <laughs> no, good burritos. I'm told. I guess that's true. I don't care. But the the burritos can be procured without uh, living there full time. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, so we are going to uh, move right along because this is a professional program. Yes. So we are going to talk about anything, at least for the start of this uh, here program, uh, anything that's not Apple. So you are welcome to open it up, or I, I can go for it. No, we we can we can do that. We've we've got some some topics. Um, we're at, we're trying to like come. I don't I want I don't want to say prepared for the show. I feel I feel like that's maybe overstating it some, but you know. We're at least trying to have, you know, an, an outline or something together. So we have, we have some notes. Or I, I have some notes in, in your favorite application uh, pages. That, that just kind of ruined my day. <laughs> um, you're, you're joking, right? I'm not. No, I'm, I'm literally looking at a, uh, a pages window here. So it doesn't on, bother on you my, that in... On my 1080p, sorry, cinema display. And I'm looking at Omni Outliner uh, taking up a small percentage of 13.7 million pixels. <laughs> um, it doesn't bother you that you probably won't be able to open that document in three years? Uh, it's, it's in the cloud now. I'm, I'm sure it's fine. It's, it's, an, it's an iCloud. What could go wrong? I, I hope you're kidding. I, I am. I'm very much kidding. Okay. I mean, you know, if, if, I don't, if I don't have access to these podcast notes three years from now, so be it. <laughs> I'm not going to be too worried about that. This is this stuff's all timeless. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that, what what I was thinking of starting with, we've got a couple of uh, camera topics and f- kind of photo topics. And I, I kind of like we? I kind of like yeah I kind of like talking about uh, photography because you're you're somewhat of a uh, novice photographer, and I'm I would say slightly more. Wait, not novice means beginner, right? No, I, I think you're no. I, why I didn't mean it that way. What does the word novice mean? I think it means that you're proficient. I think, I think that proficient means that. Okay. Well, let's go with you're a proficient photographer. Uh, novice. A person new or inexperienced in a field oh. or situation. <laughs> so, well, so how dare you? That's why, that's why I speak in numbers, not words. Um, okay. Well, so you're, as a proficient photographer, I, I kind of enjoy some of your uh, insight into your camera and... Uh, photo library setup and the, you, you posted a couple of things in the slack channel this week um the first of which i think is a pretty interesting question which is in lightroom how do you sort you know 
20,000 plus photos, ideally using something like keywords. Um, and it, it, it's admittingly been a long time since I've really gotten into to Lightroom. So I don't, I don't have a lot of good advice for you here, but I, I'd be interested to hear more about kind of the issue that you're facing. Well, so I finally upgraded because uh, I've been uh, sticking with Lightroom 5 just because I fear change for a while, even though I have um, the Adobe Creative Cloud thing. Um, and yeah, I was just looking at my library and j the, the way I had my photos sorted, which was for no good reason, I sorted them into folders first by which camera it was taken. So as I have upgraded cameras from the Canon 450D to the 60D and then to the Sony that I have now, um, all the my 10,000 photos I took with each are just in one big folder and then they're just sorted um, by import date, which isn't isn't super useful. So what I did is I started um, in any free time I had uh, tagging them by location, which speaks to another topic of why don't DSLRs that cost between eight and a hundred and two thousand dollars not support GPS? That's that's insane. Um, but yeah, I started tagging those with location information, and also I've been looking into keywording because generally uh, looking through dates is not terribly helpful. And also, I'm not really sure that naming like events or like groups of like photo capture is really that easy or useful anyway because if i say like um like winery tour I, I don't i'm not sure that would help me narrow down anything so i think doing it by location and keyword is going to be the easiest but i just i was wondering how you do it if at all or what most people do to actually be able to look at photos in the future and find something in some reasonable method so I organize my photos outside of Lightroom primarily. So Lightroom for me, uh, and again, I, I don't really use it heavily much anymore now that I don't have a standalone camera. But uh, when I did use Lightroom more, it was always more of a editing tool and a viewer than it was an organization tool. Um, and I, really, my organization method's simple. It's just in folders. It's by year, and then I make sure that every um, kind of set of photos, like which is typically like you know a holiday or a vacation or, or some type of title, has a, a specific date which I then you know prefix the folder name with. So go into each year, and then each group of photos I have in there is ordered you know chronologically through the year. And that's it. So you know if I if I wanted to go and find a specific set of photos, I'd have to either remember you know roughly when they were taken or remember what i named the folder but that's usually not too difficult so it, it works okay well yeah i mean so for your iphone photos do those all just go into the photos app and get synced into icloud photo library yes well i mean that they actually well they actually just get synced into uh, uh icloud photo library directly from my iphone but then on your mac you well actually do you manage them on your mac at all no, not really. Interesting. The general, the generational gap is astounding between us. Yeah. You're 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 a young soul. I just I'm I'm in the cloud, man. Yeah, I mean I don't know. I, I, I'm still an old person that uses a like an actual camera because even though the iPhone is is nice and convenient, it still doesn't deliver the quality of photos that you'd want. Like they all. Like, unless you're in, like, a situation where, like, oh, you're just taking a picture of, like, flowers or something. Like, 
whatever Apple advertises in terms of like, oh, this like great dynamic range and these photos look amazing. I find that most of the photos I take on my iPhone end up looking pretty flat and bland. And I don't think that's like a skill thing, I think, or like really a knock against the camera. I just think that with a lens that small, you generally don't get much. I don't even know what the 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 proper word is, but like, you don't get very uh, impressive pictures out of it, and that bumps me out. But do the photos that you take on your Sony camera move? Yeah, li- live photos. You, I don't. I don't get it. No, because the thing is, like, a lot of times, like, because I'll take a picture, like, of I'll turn off live photos because I'm about to take a picture of a document or something that, like, I, I just don't. Why I don't want that. But then it like four days goes by and I don't turn it back on. And then like the one photo where I thought it might have been useful, it wasn't on for it. So. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Photography is hard. But no, I really I really do like Lightroom. And I think this is getting better. Um, it's just the fact that I'm doing it like uh, when I already have six or uh, seven years worth of uh, fancy camera photos. Um, I just um, I think I need to get the flu or something. So that I have a reason to sit in front of a computer for uh, ten to forty hours, tagging seven years worth of photos. This is like bringing back nightmares of uh, the days where I would sit there and organize my iTunes music catalog. You stopped doing that. <laughs> well, you're 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 on that uh, audio bling. I am also I'm in, I'm in in the cloud, dude. It's all in the cloud. Oh, oh yeah, you're using. Uh, oh yeah, you're you're embracing impermanence. So when when you when you. Uh, when you stop paying for it, you're fine with uh, just having nothing. Mm-hmm. Except your uh, Sugar Ray albums from middle school. Yeah, I don't have those anymore, unfortunately. I thought you said they, they were still your favorite band. They are. I just don't have those CDs anymore. Well, I assume you have them in iTunes. Uh, no, I don't. Well, actually, well, I have them on a hard drive somewhere, I'm sure. But I have, a, I have a, one of my closets here has like six or seven hard drives from i don't know but mostly i think middle school and high school and i've never really bothered going through and like cataloging them it's been kind of one of those things that's been on my to-do list for a long time where does your to-do list live (laughs) Uh, mostly mostly in my head uh and sometimes if i'm feeling up to it which i've actually been doing more of lately uh is reminders oh You're trying, so you're trying to send me to an early grave. First, first paper, or sorry, uh, pages. Sorry, every everything's called paper, but not not this application. So first it's pages, and then the god awful reminders app. Ugh, killing me. Uh, maybe I'll I'll try OmniFocus one of these days. You maybe. gotta do it, man. Is well, I I know it's not, but like, is it is it the cost in terms of like money, or is it the cost in terms of the time to get good at it? Or is it just the the friction of doing anything different than what you do now? Because I think it's probably a mix of the latter two. I think, like we've gone into a couple of times on the show, it's it's just that reminder seems to really work well for me. I don't. But how? Just because, like, for me, maybe how do you do it differently? Because when I try to use it, because sometimes I will use reminders for incredibly simplistic uh, to dos. Entering a reminder is insanely difficult and hard. Uh, well, no, with, I mean, with Fantastic Cow, it, it just uses the natural language stuff. It's really easy. Or, I mean, so, sometimes I'll, sometimes I'll use Siri, but most of the time I just go through Fantastic Cow. 
Okay, I was I was ignoring the fact that you could do it through Fantastical. If you do it through the actual Reminders app, I have I couldn't tell you the last time I opened the Reminders app. I don't. I'm sure I have never opened it on the 6s since I've gotten it, and I'm I may have not ever opened it on the iPhone six either. Okay, that that changes things, but I still do strongly encourage you to uh, check out OmniFocus. No, I'm I'm week. sure I'm sure it's great. I just I don't um I don't really find myself procrastinating on too many different things or forgetting to do too many different things. And I don't know what it is, but for me, when I have these reminders sitting in my calendar in Fantastic Cal, because they you know they show up right next to calendar appointments, uh, assuming that you've given them a specific time, which I do virtually all reminders. Um. I don't know, for some reason, I'm I'm very motivated to clear those out. It bothers me when one of them becomes past due. Hmm. So. Interesting. Yeah. Kind of envy you. Yeah. All right. And then to, to wrap up the uh, the camera thing, um, just, uh, yeah, like I, like I said, uh, GPS on DSLRs, it's, it's, it's nuts that it doesn't exist. Or that it only exists on the crazy, crazy high-end ones. Well, it seems to be a mixed bag, though, because like when you brought this up to me earlier this week, I pointed out that my, you know, fairly, I would say, mid-range, maybe slightly upper mid-range waterproof camera that I bought, I mean, three years ago, four years ago now, it it has GPS. Like, that's insane. Like, I I don't know, because isn't... Like, shouldn't Canon and Sony, like, I know Sony, like, the the bright spot of uh, their whole entire business is the imaging division, but that's mainly due to them selling uh, sensors for the iPhone. Um, like, I know they want to push people up into the higher tiers of, of their cameras, but if people are already thinking their smartphone is good enough, why would they hold features back that would get people from spending $0 with them? When they could be thinking, oh, that's a cool feature that's available on their more entry-level or mid-range cameras. Like, why not take some money than trying to get a lot of money if if the option is zero money? Yeah, I, I don't know. I I don't know. GPS does seem like one of those things that'd be really inexpensive to put in a camera. Like, I can't imagine that GPS receivers are fairly pricey. Maybe it's just one of those things that there just isn't much demand for. Like, there has to be. I mean, just because right now, like, I mean, uh, I think sorting my photos would be way easier if I could do it, if I could narrow it down by location. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think having photos geotagged is great, but I don't know. Maybe that's just not something that a lot of people use. Hmm. Or maybe Sony's just being cheap. I don't know. And Canon. But, you know, if they keep up that attitude, uh, then maybe people will be so cheap they don't buy DSLRs at all. And then there won't be a business there. How about that? I'm, I'm grumpy about this one. I can tell. All right. Go ahead and throw something out there. Uh, okay. What else we got this week? Um, something that I've noticed lately, which I think has been a, a positive trend, because uh, you know, we keep the show positive, of course, all the time, um, is I'm getting more and more instances where um, I'm getting voiceover LTE on my iPhone. It, it used to just be once in a blue moon it, it would happen. But now it seems to be more and more regular because a lot of my friends have newer iPhones now and they have AT&T. Um, and it, it's, it's really, really great. Um, 
it, it it's it's shocking how much better the call quality is. Um, it it's similar, I think, to FaceTime audio, which if you've ever used that, you know, is also really really good. And it just it makes talking on the phone much more pleasant. I mean, I still don't recommend talking on the phone, but if you have to, at least it's um, much a much nicer experience over LTE. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty good. I, I, I'm i not really sure when interoperability between carriers is going to happen, um, which is kind of a bummer that does, that's not a thing yet. But no, it, it does sound very, very nice. It sounds much more like, yeah, if like a Skype call or something. But generally, I don't see too many issues with the call quality, like not too much um, garbled audio or anything like that. But no, it sounds good. <laughs> Actually, I had a really funny moment with it a couple of weekends ago when I was talking with my sister because she just got a success uh, as well, and she she picked up the phone and after like a couple of sentences, she goes, "This sounds really weird. Like, should I try calling you back?" <laughs> I was like, "No, no, it's She's like, it's, is this what you really sound like?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, no, like it's this it's this new thing, and and she's like, oh, "It sounds like we're talking over walkie talkies." Hmm. It's like, hmm. I, I mean, I kind of kind of knew what she meant, but. I don't know. I don't know. Wait, wait, what does she mean? I don't know. Like she it, means it, like, is, is there a delay? Was there clicking or was it just, I don't know. It, it, it just has, it just sounds very different. I guess you just, you know, you I get think people are really used to the poor the, audio. Quality. Exactly. I think, I think that's what it really was trying to get out. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully the, the, that happens soon. Do you, um, I'm not too familiar with how it works on AT&T, but uh, does AT&T support Wi-Fi calling yet? Is that a thing? They do, yeah. So as of, I think it was iOS 9.1, maybe one of the .0 releases before that, uh, they officially flipped the switch on for Wi-Fi calling with AT&T. But you're not in a poor coverage area at home anyway, so there's no need for that. Right. I, I don't I don't have it enabled. Um the only place that it was in my in my apartment, AT and T's fine. Um, the one place I would consider it would be in my office, uh, where AT and T is a little bit more spotty. But ironically, so is the Wi Fi. So I don't really think it would. I don't think it would help me very much. Gotcha. And I think based on because the only uh, anecdotal success or failure stories I've uh, heard from. Other people are people who use it on T-Mobile because they have to make up for all of T-Mobile's uh, poor coverage areas uh, from the uncarrier, um, <laughs> and I've and I've heard that it works fairly not well. Like a lot of calls will go straight to voicemail just because your Wi-Fi will get a little bit buggy and stuff. So, yeah, I was wondering about that because I know uh, Verizon still hasn't lit that up. But hmm. anyway, cool. Um, so I've got I've got another I got actually I've got, I've got a couple more topics before we get now. to the Apple stuff. Oh, I'm, I'm um, going to push that off till forever. So we we got a little we got a little fun topic here. Um, we we you know occasionally like to check in uh, with our good friends at Kureg, kind of like to see you know <laughs> kind of what, what they're up to. And um, so this week uh, out came the Kureg Cold, which which of course is spelled K O L D. Yes. Because why why wouldn't it be? And I had not heard of this before, and reviews just came out of nowhere for this thing. And so I, I got kind of deep into the whole Kurek cold thing. Like I really wanted to know like what the hell this thing was. And it's it's basically like a like a 
single serving soda stream is sort of the best way I can describe it. It looks like a Keurig, but um, what it does is it, it takes the water from its reservoir and each time that you pour a beverage, it carbonates the water. And then you can also put in, you know, flavoring pods, similar to how you do with their coffee machines. But instead of coffee, it's, you know, things like soda and, you know, stuff like that. Like carb, carb, you have typical flavors of a carbonated beverage. Um, and yeah, the, the reviews have just been absolutely atrocious for this thing. I actually just before the show started i did like a google search just to kind of see where it was at and every headline is just talking about how badly this thing has been reviewed do the uh keurig cold pods with a k uh have drm on them <laughs> so they've they've gotten away from that completely thank goodness they don't they don't do the drm coffee pods anymore um but still i mean this thing is just it's ridiculous. Even things like the setup process. Apparently, it has to go through. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just imagining you have to enter an Apple ID password. <laughs> right. Just with your, too much Apple TV stuff. With, with your Apple remote, right? No, I mean this sound. This doesn't sound much better though. I, when you so when you plug it in, it has to go through a like priming process, where I guess it it's getting all of the innards really cold or something. I I don't know, but it, it takes two hours. And as the this Engadget review notes, if it loses power during that time, it has to start all over again when you plug it back in. This sounds like an Apple TV. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds like a TiVo. Uh, and then, but then, then when you when you do that, you then have to run a uh, cycle through, you know, without any of the pods or anything. You just have run like a uh, an, an empty cycle. Which, to be fair, the, the coffee machines have to do that too. But well, it cleans all all the. Uh... The, the chemical stuff out of it yeah 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 um but although it's kind of funny with the the coffee thing it kind of makes sense to me because you're running like really hot water through it so it seems like you're kind of disinfecting it but i don't know with like cold water and i don't know i guess water's water and it disinfects stuff but i feel feel better about <laughs> feel better about hot water even though i i think i've read somewhere it actually water temperature doesn't really matter but I feel I feel I feel better about washing things with hot water. I mean, doesn't doesn't that make sense? Super scientific discussion. It is. Yes. Am am I crazy? Don't you feel more clean after washing your hands with hot water as opposed to cold water? Is that too is that too personal? Do you not do you not want to answer that question? A little bit. I'm very much in the in the sense that I feel I I I need paper towels. Oh, as opposed as opposed to like an like an air dryer. Have we ever discussed this? Like. I really dislike uh, places that uh, are only hand dryer where you have to, where you don't have paper towels. And also they did, they did a Mythbusters on this where uh, uh, the paper towels do like 80% of the cleaning job anyway. But <laughs> back to Keurig cups. And back to, back to the Keurig cold. So yeah, I mean, this thing just sounds like kind of a mess and it, it's huge too. It, it, it takes up the, it takes up like 21 inches of counter space it's 23, or it's like 23 inches wide, I guess, 23 inches deep. It's the size um, of an iMac? It, and it's 23 pounds. It is an iMac. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, just just crazy. Um, and it's, you know, I think it's, um, 
it's just it's an example too of where you know how like in technology there's been kind of this trend of getting away from like single purpose devices um i feel like the, even the kitchen's that way sort of now too where you know like even you know my Keurig machine i i in a lot of ways don't even view that as a single purpose machine because it does you know just traditional like drip coffee i can do like a shot of espresso with it i can do uh iced coffee with it like it does different types of drinks and then same kind of thing with my soda stream too where you can put different kinds of flavoring in it and all that kind of stuff so th those devices even though maybe they are technically kind of like single purpose that you can do at least variations of that one thing whereas it seems like with this create cold machine it just it, it kind of just does what it does a single serve you know carbonated drink well but hold on i mean how is your soda stream any different like you just mentioned that it's like a multi-purpose device but isn't it literally the exact same thing like isn't it just a knockoff of that well but it, i mean at least with the soda stream it's not single serving so i can you know I can have just a glass, I can have a liter, I can serve multiple people at once, I can just have a drink, you know, by myself. Not not an alcoholic beverage, just a, you know, thing of thing of water. <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> um Okay, that that makes sense. And also I assume I haven't looked at pricing any of this, but is it the soda stream's probably way cheaper too, right? Oh yeah. I mean I, I have the the basic one, the you know, the, the one that you don't even plug in. Um, and it was like, you know, 70 bucks or something. And yeah, the, the, how much is the third? That was actually something else that I think this Engadget review knocked him for. How much is this thing? Um, how oh, do they not, they don't talk about price here. Uh, they don't actually don't talk about price. I guess we can go. Well, I just Amazon. did a Google search. The Keurig cold is $370 at Target. Oh my God. God, we'll like see, I don't know if that's marked. Let's see, up. Yeah, see how much it is on Amazon here. Yeah, no, three sixty nine ninety nine. <laughs> wow, that's tough. Yeah, that that's really tough. Oh, but Target's offering me a five dollar off coupon, and you have to buy um you know CO two canisters for it too, just like you do the um Keurig or I'm sorry the SodaStream. And see, this is weird too. Like, so the 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 pods that they're advertising here on amazon it's like diet coke coca-cola canada dry ginger ale dr pepper like i mean why didn't why wouldn't you just i don't know why would you just buy cans of dr pepper at least like with the soda stream most of the flavorings and things like that are are you know pitched as being healthier less sugar all that kind of stuff but i mean it sounds like with these you're literally just making what you could already buy yeah i I'm not in the market for this product whatsoever. And I'm looking at so I'm looking at the Coca-Cola one and a box of four pods is 14.99. So each pod is like well, I'm I'm looking almost at almost 4 bucks. No, no, I'm I'm looking at Google and they're off, I I see a uh a four pack for 4.99. Oh, uh, okay. So this okay, so yeah, so this thing on Amazon this is being fulfilled by some third-party vendors. There must be some big markup here. Because, yeah, each, each pod only makes one eight-ounce beverage, so that's, that's an expensive that's an expensive glass of uh, Coca-Cola. Oh, man. All right. Ridiculous. Um, okay, so I think I've got, um, 
I've got like one other topic before the Apple stuff. Okay, I've got th- I've got like three super small things. Okay, so. good. So I, I pointed this out to you, I think, sometime over last weekend when I was doing some uh, various errands and things, where I've been noticing more and more retail locations where they have the new credit card readers, which you know support NFC and then also the whole chip and pin thing in physical credit cards, um, but where they're not using any of that functionality. So you still swipe your card using the magnetic reader and then nfc is just turned off entirely or like i was at levi's uh last week and they had nfc turned on but apple pay wasn't supported but i guess that's I mean, that's kind of like a whole different thing but i guess just sticking with the like the chip and pin thing like don't you think it's strange that these these locations have the ability to use it but they don't yet like i i I, I'm wondering. I, I say I don't know enough about how all that works. I guess I'm, I'm wondering why that would be the case. I, I assume the software might just not be ready. Don't you think though that like Verifone and all the big you know terminal vendors don't they probably have some type of I don't know some type of integration or setup process that retailers can go through? Well, I think most um, like mid to larger retailers have very very customized point of sale software. Where no matter what the the drivers and the and the um, uh, the technology supported by the actual like point of sale terminal um, from Verifone or whoever it is, uh, like no matter what it supports, I think they have to build that in. So yes, they probably should have done that earlier. Um, and also because like the deadline and uh, passed in October, where now the liability has shifted to the merchant for fraudulent uh, charges when uh, a chip enabled card was available. So yeah, I don't know why it is that way. I I can understand, or I, I think I know why, even if they have the term- terminal, why it wouldn't work. But I think it's probably just laziness. Because there's, no, um, there's no functional benefit. Like, I, I understand the disabling NFC part of it to try to spite um, tap-to-pay stuff. That, like, I, I don't know who... Is anybody still banking on currency... Or any like QR code based mobile wallet or whatever that tries to cut out the credit card companies. I'm sure there's somebody out there. Like yeah. Anyway, I don't. I don't think it. I don't think it's malicious. I think it's probably just incompetence. I think the um, on on a positive note, the nicest new um, credit card reader I've seen. I, I forget who manufactured it, uh, but the ones that Best Buy have now are really really nice. Like big bright color screen um supports you know everything i don't know it's really really nice yeah I, I don't remember i was in a best buy recently and i um had a weird experience for other reasons but yeah i don't know hm. well i mean was it were they giving you weird looks when you bought that you know six thousand dollar curved suhd tv i think it's pronounced sud <laughs> yeah probably yeah <laughs> No, no, it's for a reason. I'll talk about it offline. But anyway. okay, sure. Yeah, we we don't want to get into that here. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Nope. Nothing. Nothing too fancy there. Okay. All right. So I'll do a couple. A uh, couple of quick ones. Um. I'll do, I'll do a. Can I do a bit of product placement for myself? <laughs> Please. That's. I mean, that's really this. This show is just a vehicle for you to you know promote your. I don't know various endeavors. Sure. If anybody wants to go to my Amazon store and buy all of the crap I'm selling, please do. Okay. 
Because okay. I've I been the idea of uh, keeping my iPhone 6 around for like beta releases of software just because it, it doesn't matter. And I'm not going to do that. So so please buy my iPhone 6. Um, and I'm also selling those Bose headphones. They they get uncomfortable after like an hour. Which which ones? Remember, uh, I was I was singing the like back when I uh, this will feed right into the next topic probably pretty well. Um, when I tried using the iPad as a full time computer, yes, I bought the Bose uh, on ear oh, Bluetooth. Yeah, well, that's of course they're uncomfortable. They're on ear headphones. All on ear headphones are uncomfortable. They're not though. But well, but they are. You just admitted they are. No, no, I, I this particular pair. No, this particular pair. Well, but I every pair of on-ear headphones I've tried, and it's a pretty good number at this point, I have found extremely uncomfortable. Beats are not, except I won't wear them because they're Beats. Oh, the, the Beats Solo are incredibly uncomfortable. The Solo 2 wireless are not uncomfortable. I think they look, I think they look super silly, and I don't like the way they sound. But they, they they are comfortable. I actually think I think they I think they look cool and they they sound okay. But I think they're extremely uncomfortable. But a- anyway, no, to each their own. So yeah, selling those as well. So anybody who would like that after that ringing endorsement, please visit my uh, Amazon Seller Central store. I mean, is is there anything else you'd you'd like to to try to sell here on the show? I mean, I'm I'm happy just to let you continue doing that. Um, I'm having uh, man, I. I do not like humanity. I'm super, I'm getting super tired of, I'm thinking I'm just going to throw away my old monitors and all the stuff I was trying to unload on Craigslist. Yeah, but eBay and Craigslist are not fair representations of the population at large. Anyway, I don't know how I'm supposed to sell monitors other ways because they're just so impractical to ship. Yeah, monitors are tough. Anything that is difficult to ship, you're... You're kind of stuck. I mean, I I'm lucky. We're at work. We have like a an alias that you can email where you've got stuff for sale, and I, I've done that with a few things, and that's that's been great. That's cool. Yeah, that's really handy. Um, but um, yeah, if, if you don't have something like that, it, it's pretty tough. You can you can do the whole Craigslist thing, but I mean, you just I've I've actually had really good experiences on Craigslist, um, but I fully understand that that can be super hit or miss. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to throw a word out for my two uh, Dell monitors, feel free. Uh, you can get, have like a five percent cut. Um, oh, we're gonna we're gonna need to talk about that percentage. Oh, do you want the regular Apple split? I yeah, even that might be a little low. We we we, we can talk offline. <laughs> oh, you want Amazon level funds? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Amazon level funds is just me refusing to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're excluding all my stuff from the store because it doesn't support Prime Video. <laughs> right, exactly. Just, just out of principle, even though it's you know fundamentally bad for what I'm trying to do. You're doing it for the customer experience. And the customer experience meaning people buy more shit from Prime. By, by depriving customers from the experience, yes. <laughs> you're, 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 yeah, you're uh, keeping it consistent. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And also, there's that damn box of stuff that I don't know I'm gonna, what I'm going to do with. Oh, dude, you, you and me both. I've got a... So I... Like three or four months ago, I actually did g- compile like two big bins full of old electronics and cables and things like that. And uh, the Recology Center in South San Francisco has like a special place where you can drop off electronics. So I, I went through the trouble of doing that and felt like a good citizen for doing so. But of course, in the months since then, there's been now like a full other box of stuff that I had forgotten the first time around. And I'm just like, oh, I have to like... Well, I mean, it's not even for me. It's not even that. It's it's stuff that actually has value, though. I'm I like I have a pretty low threshold on what like I'll just trash or recycle responsibly, whatever, whatever. Um, 
but it's it's like I have like this box full of like a, I have it's like a, a brand new Fitbit. Um, I've got those those piece of shit uh, Belkin Wemo lights. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I can't even pretend that they're good. But I've got like a lot of stuff that's it's like not trash. Like it, and it's like actually like the the Fitbit. It's it's it still retails for a hundred bucks. It's like brand new. But I don't want to throw it away. But also, I don't feel like doing like eight different eBay listings for a bunch of crap I don't want. So I, li- I listed it on Craigslist as a bu- uh, as a box of goodies. I think is my my euphemism I put for it, and it is it is not sold. I honestly I, the eBay thing it it can be bad, and I've had plenty well, my, my of watch bad experience ex- has not been good so far. Right, um, I, and I I've had experiences like that before, but. I have also had really good experiences on eBay, and that, that is your best bet. And to be honest, like it's not that much work. E- even when auctions go bad and you have to relist stuff, I mean, you can relist stuff with one button now. Like the hardest part's the shipping thing, but even that, if you got the whole you know FedEx or UPS thing set up online, you can just go in and drop stuff off. Even that part's not not too bad. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so I'll, I'll work on that. Yeah. Um, and then a quick update on the, uh, iMac 5k. Also, this, this is a nice transition into the Apple stuff, I think. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's fine. It's pretty good. I'm, I'm very satisfied with it. I, I like my choice of kind of doubling down on, uh, the desktop Mac idea. I think for you, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, and then, uh, was, uh, was Jason Snell's, uh, emoji, uh, piece this week or last week? That was this week. Okay. I just feel very happy and I'm 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 vindicated that uh I was completely right about the difficulty with selecting emoji not only on iOS but particularly with OS 10. But I will give a small uh, pick of the week to a piece of Mac freeware called uh Better Touch Tool that I was able to use to remap the insert key on my keyboard to be the uh OS 10 system-wide emoji picker which is terrible but it's easier to activate than it would have otherwise been. Yeah, but I mean that's not really the the issue. Like getting to the picker is fine, I think, even with just the stock keyboard. Well, how do you get to it? And again, I'm talking on OS 10. Oh, because um, on OS 10 you have to go to Edit. Oh, I special see. characters. Sorry, emoji yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I most of the time just use emoji within Slack when I'm on OS 10, which is the best possible experience because I, I enjoy. I, I don't know if you used IRC back in the day, but like uh, how much it emulates IRC and there's they just do it perfectly and I do like the way they address the um what what's the official terminology like the emoji ethnicity or the skin tone thing yes right they allow you to set like a, a default across all of them which I have no idea how Apple doesn't do that like it's it's just madness that they don't well so that gets into kind of the the issue that Jason brought up which is the number of emojis has gotten to be so large that. What's really becoming a problem, particularly on iOS, is when you when you want to type in a specific emoji, unless it's in that you know recently used list, which is the first kind of pain, um, you know, <laughs> good luck finding it. Um, the smiley faces aren't too bad because they're kind of like that first section, and there aren't too many of them. But like, if there's a particular object you want to find, like if it's like, if it's not smiley or food, I'm I'm done. Yeah, and and that's um that that seems like a problem that should be solved for somehow. And I I guess in OS 10 there is a way where you can actually search for like emojis by word. I've actually never tried this before, but Jason mentioned something about that. 
Uh, you can. I'll paste a, a photo of it below the uh, Keurig stock chart. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it you can, and that's it. It's a, a shitty. A, a, it's a le, it's a worse version of the of the Slack one. Like, and and I do like that. It also the little uh, hit, uh, insert a colon and then start typing also works in Slack for iOS, which I think is great. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I, I yeah I think Apple has enough on their plate. I feel I feel like um the your frequently used emojis you know just say a lot about you as a person. No, no, you can't judge it on a Mac though. On i on iOS, most definitely. Yeah, and I and I don't even just mean like you as in you, Carlos, but just the the general you. Oh, like sure. This says a lot about says a lot about you. Well, I, well, now that you said that, you kind of have to the reveal take a picture and show me yours. Reveal what mine are. Um. Well, yeah. I mean, we, let's, let's we can kind of keep this private. I think. I don't think so. We'll, we'll let the listeners. Um. Let's see here. Well, hold on. It, it, just to know if 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 we can continue to be friends. Is the champagne with popping cork in your recents? No. See, but I'm here, up. so here, <laughs> here's actually another problem that I, I hadn't thought of before. That that's kind of an issue with the way that iOS does it. Is that first little panel is is titled "Frequently Used," but what it really is is just "Most Recently Used." No, because, it's not. No, because some of these emojis I have in here, I've literally only used once, and it's from a recent text message. That's not true. It's a hundred percent true. So I will I, bet you fifty dollars. I so I sent some um, some of the clock face emojis in, in a text earlier today, and I had never used any of those before, and now all of them are in my frequently used. But it will get filtered out over time. It will, but I mean, why? But, why but are it's those not, in it's there? not in order. Like I haven't used the the champagne one in in a couple days yet. It's still near the top due to the frequency I used it when it first came out. Like I do think part of it is is recent based, but a lot of it is like total frequency. I guarantee you, it's not just um, <clears throat> uh, like just a list. Hmm. I yeah, I did, but I feel like this, which I I just sent this to you by the way too. I I feel like um, this this doesn't doesn't represent the ones that I use the most often. <laughs> Jack lantern. <laughs> well, it's that it's that time of year. Is it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So champagne uh, definitely uh, deserves its, its spot up there. Oh, the the sunglasses emoji. Interesting. Yeah, for my my badass one, <laughs> and and baseball again because like I haven't used baseball in a, in a quite a while, or like because baseball stopped being relevant a month ago, uh, once the giant season ended. But it's it's still up there because of the frequency it got used. So I feel so I for the record I only have one sad or angry emoji and you you have uh one two three four no i don't i have uh the the, so if we're looking at this as a grid uh a spot uh or sorry we'll we'll do uh in excel format b2 is cell b2 is i'm unsure b3 is, is is i'm disappointed in this c2 is Hmm. And then yeah, C four is uh, what what'd you do? <laughs> and then um, no, that's it. So there's only two negative ones. Uh, well, I, I didn't say negative. It just well, and, and a pile of poop is is sometimes positive. Hmm. Depends on the context. It's weird looking at a, a screenshot of a text message thread like from the other end. 
Like it's it's weird seeing my text in the gray bubble. <laughs> you ever you ever think about that? A little bit, but also it's reminding me that you you you, you intentionally try to upset me by sending me pictures of John Ledger. <laughs> I, it's it's every every time I see a new one, I just I have to forward it along. Anytime he's 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 on like television, I have to turn it off. It's oh, it's so upsetting, it's no, and not because of like his company, but just because him as a person. Yeah, no, I I, under, I understand, but that's that's what makes sending you the pictures that much more fun. So, but hold on, okay, I, on yours, what's the um, is that hockey or is that a broken pencil? A hockey. That's one of the new ones in nine point one. Mm, I don't like that at all. What's what's the spade for? Well, that's what I, that's what I'm telling you. So the 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 clocks and the spade are from this one text message I sent today. Well, what was the spade for? Uh, we don't. It's, it's it's getting personal. We don't need to get into that. But that's what that's what I'm saying. <laughs> how, could that, how could that be personal? It's it's a anyway. pri- it's a private text message thread. Um, okay. I, I um, I've literally used it once, and it, it shows up now on that frequently used list. But again, I promise you, after you uh, another day, it'll be gone because you used it once. Yeah, I guess that's probably true. And I guess you. So you have you have one alcoholic emoji, and I have two. Well, no, but for me, or three, she, I have three. <laughs> but it, but the thing is, my my uh, champagne popping cork one is not even alcohol related. It's my. Uh, it's basically my substitute for yay. I don't feel like. Have you ever even sent that to me? Probably. I use it all the time. Yeah, but rota- rotating light is becoming. Uh, my go-to for saying this is important for anybody in life. Yeah, no, uh, I I like the way that we use it in Slack. That's yeah, super good. Um, anyway, this is I, I could I could just spend the rest of the show talking about emojis. We we could actually start a emoji-focused podcast, and I I I think we could make a show out of that. Did you listen to this week's upgrade? Yeah, I did. Yes. Did you hear the reference uh, to this or last week's reconcilable differences? Yes. Yeah, you should. I know you don't like that, or you didn't. That show didn't catch on with you. But if you want to get like hot and bothered, uh, Merlin is so full of shit on that episode. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I can try. I, what I didn't find super interesting in the early episodes, which is what I tried to listen to, was kind of their like childhood stuff. Like I just, oh no! It, it moved way past that. Okay, good. I just didn't find any of that. It, it's not that I—I I mean, I like both of them, but I just didn't. I don't know. Just didn't find that stuff interesting at all. Well, so listen to the last two, but particularly with the last episode, don't not listen just because uh, Merlin is so full of it. He—he's—he's he's like he like does this whole thing that he's super upset that everybody is using emojis and he thinks it's like the downfall of our language. So anyway, yeah, I, I disagree with that a lot, and, and so did Jason, which I appreciated. Or uh, John, mm-hmm. you said yeah, Jason. But... No, no, uh, Jason. I mean, when he was talking about, I see uh, about it on Upgrade. Got it. I think that's called follow out. Yes, I think. I, well, and I think that's actually follow up. Anyway, um, all right. So we're an hour in, and we haven't talked about Apple. So I think I succeeded, at perhaps too well. Good for us. No, that's yeah, good, good for us. Um. So we we've got so we've got lots of different stuff. Although I, I have to get something out of the way, sure. I, and I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but I, I, just, I just need to hear it from you. So we we've been texting and slacking. Is is there a verb for using Slack? Using Slack. Okay. Um. Not, not everything's a verb. Okay. Uh, to discuss the uh, iPad Pro, which which came out today, and you alluded to having ordered one, but I'm ninety nine percent sure that you're just kidding. So what's the question? 
<laughs> so are are you just kidding? Of course, hell okay. no, I didn't order okay. one. Okay, that's what I that's what I figured. Well, like I like I commented to you, you do, you don't tell me when you legitimately order things, and then you goof around about ordering stuff that you actually didn't. So it's very confusing to me. So what? Like, it's why? I mean, like the iPad Pro. We'll just get right into it. It's a product I do not understand because the well do you, do you want to do a quick intro with the reviews before so i can collect my uh perplexity yeah so the the best one i've read so far was gruber's and the punchline of the review and this is a sentiment shared across other reviews that i've seen as well which is you know the ipad pro fundamentally is meant to be a replacement for your macbook it, it is a laptop replacement apple has explicitly said that i think tim cook even today gave an interview where he said said exactly that where you know he can he sees a lot of people replacing their laptops with this device and the problem is that you know one of the key components of of a laptop is the trackpad and keyboard and the keyboard support in ios simply is just not up to snuff and you know i i would refer people to gruber's review to to you know for specific examples of where the keyboard integration breaks down and also when you're using an iPad Pro at a desk with the keyboard how it's incredibly awkward to have to both use the keyboard and poke at the screen and touch the screen instead of simply just having a, you know a trackpad or a mouse and the the problem then becomes if the iPad Pro isn't truly a viable laptop replacement then kind of what what's what's the point like why why does this device exist and so I, I think that's sort of the i think that's sort of the challenge right now with the ipad pro and then you know the, the flip side or to play devil's advocate a, a lot of that stuff with the keyboard and you know maybe potential input you know device at some point in the future and all that stuff is software that's so it's it's stuff that can be fixed in ios and, and might at some point but you, on the other hand, you would kind of think that if Apple were going to do that, this would have been the time to make sure all that stuff was buttoned up. So I have a lot of feelings on this product. So I actually thought one of the better reviews, and generally in technology, I I don't think I mentioned this in the past, but I, I do really like Walt Mossberg. No, that's that's fine. His reviews are great. Like he's very, he generally doesn't do stuff that's too effusively positive. Like he does have like a little bit of an Apple slant in the sense that he likes Apple stuff, which I like, I don't mind at all, but he normally doesn't mind saying if something like isn't good or, or he tempers his um, enthusiasm about something. So <clears throat> he made a lot of, a lot of salient points, particularly with like the, the lack of adjustable viewing angles. The fact that like you're not really getting a big productivity boost over another iPad, and that's and he's somebody who he positioned his usage as somebody who had already, for many different activities, had already kind of migrated a lot of uses away from his traditional Mac laptop onto the iPad because he enjoys the experience. But he made the point that just because the screen's bigger now doesn't somehow make it a, a productivity machine more so than the iPad would have been before. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Like it does, like if had Apple just released like a first party keyboard case and the Apple Pencil for the iPad Air 3, I think this would have been like that would have accomplished 70% of what the iPad Pro is doing. 
Does that make sense? It totally does. I, I agree. And it, it's funny because I, I think that's exactly what they're going to do come next year. So, which is just, which is just going to sort of further, I think, you know, lead to the question of, well, so what does the iPad Pro offer me? And the thing is, I know, I, and I think this is what, what puts Apple in a, diff, a difficult place it, based on like who they are is that I think the iPad Pro does need to exist because there are certain industries and occupations that would really benefit from it. Like I think like uh, graphic artists and, and uh, people who draw and people who mark up documents and certain uh, business commercial applications will totally benefit from this type of product. But that's a small market that they should serve. But I think Apple is forced to make every product they make seem like it's for everybody if that's fair and this one totally isn't i de- like I, I definitely think it, it it has a purpose for a lot of people but i think it has a purpose as a big ipad with stylus capabilities rather than this is somehow now a laptop replacement because it doesn't for for all the knocks people will give against microsoft and their efforts with the surface at least that offers something unique. Like it, it, it's a machine that's full of compromise. But the trade-offs that they make of having what's essentially kind of like a big chunky tablet, you do get way more in terms of productivity features. Where now you just have a, um, an iPad that's awkward to hold for most activities, and has a, a keyboard attachment that third parties have made for for years. And the pencil, I mean, again, they, they, that technology is going to trickle down. And so, and then just kind of just a side note while I'm thinking about it. So the, the craziest thing about the launch today too is, and I, I didn't realize this until this evening, uh, which is the iPad Pro has been available for pickup in many stores uh, throughout, I think kind of just throughout the U.S. Um, but apparently the, the pencil and the keyboard are not. Which is really weird. Like, why? Why would Apple want people walking out of the store with iPad Pros, not even having the option to buy two of the, you know, kind of marquee accessories? Seems weird. It does seem weird, but again, I think it's weirder that the accessories were not just bundled in, and the price of the unit wasn't just more expensive. Yeah, well, that's that's a different story. Uh, Only I, I think it's the same story. I think if you're marketing a product that already has limited appeal because it's just too damn big for most people, which again, it's fine. It has it has a place. Why why are you going to parcel out the the things that you're pretending or that you're suggesting are integral to the user experience of this new flagship product? Come on. Hmm. So yeah. Um so yeah, like for me most of the reviews that I, I read basically seemed to echo what I'd already like. Remember that uh, when I like six months ago when I tried to use the iPad Air two as a full time computer, it's all basically still the same stuff. Even though we now have um, like better command tab support and the the split view and the multitasking, you still don't get like when you're on a computer and you're really getting into stuff and you're doing a lot of things. Even now that you have just two applications that you can easily switch between. It just you you don't have the level of flexibility and text selection and dragability and all the stuff that you would on a real computer. So now that it's gotten bigger and app switching is easier, I don't think that necessarily really solves the iOS productivity problem. 
So I just, I'm not sure what this is doing. So kind of a general question for you. So do you think going forward now, most of the iteration that we're going to see on the iPad in terms of software is going to be focused on this issue, on the idea of multitasking and... No. Hmm. You think this is something that's just going to be... Always bad? Mediocre. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really don't know how they can do it any different because there's no way that, like, you're never going to have a, other than the picture-in-picture or whatever Apple calls, like, the little, like, uh, wind, like video tile that you can do on certain applications now. Apple will never do a, I don't think they're going to do a, a windowed um, mobile operating system. And I think for a lot of things, that's still totally necessary. Like when I'm planning this show, um, I have Omni Outliner open, I have Slack open, I have my web browser open, sometimes I'll have Skype open, I'll have uh, like a, a different text editor open. That's four to five applications that that's not like a super in-depth or unique task, but that's something that would be maddening to do on uh, an iPhone or, or an iPad. So I, I don't see how that gets solved. I think the like the mobile devices will eventually get better over time at doing simpler tasks, but I don't like everything Tim Cook is saying about how uh, he doesn't see who's like what what did he say that he doesn't see who's going to buy a laptop over the iPad Pro anymore. Do you well, have a quote I, I don't then I don't, I don't think he was. I mean, his company does sell laptops. So I'm not sure he quite phrased it that way, but. Well, can you find the quote? What did he say? I, 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 can, I can do anything for you, Carlos, here. Just, just give, give, kill, kill some time here. Um, yeah, it's all, also, I think it's nuts that the, uh, the pencil doesn't attach in any way. But maybe they would have uh, figured that out better if the pencil was uh, bundled in the box. Um, okay, so I, I, f- I found the quote here. Very nice. Um, so this is... Uh, this is um, a, an interview with the Telegraph. Oh, and I, I, I guess I owe you an apology because yeah, one of the one of the quotes is here. I think if you're looking at a PC, why would you buy a PC anymore? Asks Cook. No, really. Why would you buy one? <laughs> I didn't think it was that clear. Um, oh man, he must be he must be um, doing the whole PC and Mac thing where. By PC, he means all computers, which are not a Mac. I'm, I'm sure. I don't think so. No, no cause, that's, cause I'm he, sure that's what he's doing. No, because even Gruber had mentioned something uh, about this. Or maybe it was a back and forth with uh, Cable Sasser. Hold on. Well, anyway, um, the, 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 the quote that we were also looking for is, um, it's, uh, uh, the iPad Pro is a, quote, replacement for a notebook or a desktop. Uh, and then for lots of people, as the, this Verge article I'm getting this from is kind of paraphrasing, and then the quote continues, they will start using and conclude they no longer need to use anything else other than their phones. Yeah, no. Just no. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, so again, I think it needs to exist um and i think it serves a useful purpose but i think apple seems to be way 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 overselling it yeah so i i will not be getting one i do look forward uh 
and I think I've mentioned this, like I had to do a presentation a couple weeks ago, and I really, really do like the iPad Air 2. I, I think it's the perfect size. It's not a product I use as often as I would like, but when I use it, like I think this is how a lot of people feel about their iPads. It doesn't get used enough or as much as you'd want to, but when you do use it, it fits the use case perfectly. And in a lot of ways, it's way better than a computer could ever be. It's just that those like tasks are very few and far between. Yeah, I've I've been thinking about uh, the next time I upgrade an iPad, maybe going back to the full size iPad, um, especially if the iPad Air three comes out and it supports the pencil, because I am actually really interested in that. Because I, over the last few months, I've gotten better about taking like handwritten notes, and I, I I do find that's very helpful. And I think if I had some type of notes application on a device like the iPad where I could, you know, maybe have that text converted into like, you know, OCR text that I can go back and search later or whatever, like that'd be really useful. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to this stuff trickling down. I think, um, I do not think that the iPad is, uh, iPad Pro is going to be kind of the, the most frequently updated model. Or the one where new stuff comes out for it first, I think it's going to go back to being the iPad Air. Yeah, I, I agree, and I, I think what we're just seeing now is Apple's gradual transition to having the iPad be on a every other year refresh cycle. I think they kind of they kind of awkwardly try to fit it into the iPhone upgrade kind of annual upgrade cycle, but I think they've slowly transitioned away from that. Okay. So uh, to wrap this up, um, yeah, iPad Pro, not for me, but and not for you, but that's no. that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's for somebody. It is. Maybe. Um, well, also, the, the last thing, I do find it, do you, th- I know Apple would never say it, but like the, 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 what, what, what's the name of their uh, Microsoft Surface Keyboard knockoff? Mm. Is it called the smart type cover? Or I think it's just the smart keyboard cover. Something like that. Man, I think that that is just. I know, like, I, I they can't like con- admit like defeat, but that that's a dead ringer for the for the Surface keyboard. I know they can't say anything about it, but that's. Man, you'd at least think they tried to put some flair on it, to to make it different in some way. Yeah, the the reviews on that too have seemed like it's it's sort of like a uh somewhere in between a traditional Mac keyboard and the new keyboard on the you know MacBook One. Mm-hmm. It's like a Surface keyboard. It's terrible. Yeah, like just the way Mossberg sold it. Like uh, I, there were a lot of uh, different keyboards, and I went to the to the Logitech one because it's got actual keys and it's got shortcut functions and it works well. But like trying to do this weird like mesh thing where there's not a lot of key travel just to make it thin and like it's spill proof, but it's it's just an awful typing experience. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Hmm. All right. But yeah, to wrap this up, um uh on the talk show, uh Sam, which was on, have you listened or have you watched a computer show yet? I have not, no. I would highly recommend it. Because did have did back in the day, did you ever watch uh Computer Chronicles? I did not. Okay. You're killing me. I know. All right. Well, you should watch at least one Computer Chronicles episode first and then watch it and you'll have a grand old time. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, so do you want to do our final sponsor and then we'll do uh, Carlos at the movies? Uh, yeah, yes, please. Um, you know, yeah, but I'll, I'll let you do the, the sponsor read. Uh, they, they, actually, they actually wanted you to do it. Uh, it's nobody. <laughs> so I did force myself to watch uh, Star Wars Episode Four today. Oh, I, I, so I've been um, very curious wh- uh, whether you would go through with this or not. I, I, I also I talked with a lady friend about this, and we, we were both curious um, what you were going to end up doing. So this is this is very exciting. I, this is not, you know, we this this was the part we did not prepare. I'm a man of my word. I'm pretty sure in the last episode I actually did promise I'd watch at least one. Well, you know. Not to say that you break your promises, but... You weren't sure I was going to stick it out all 126 minutes. Yeah, exactly. So, what, what is... So, did you... Explain to me first, just so I know what context uh, or what... Who who I'm dealing with. Were you somebody who got in... Like, did your parents uh, put you into this? Did you see episode one as a kid and you're like, I got to know about that? And then you watched all the old ones? Like, how did you become a Star Wars person? Yeah, that's that's actually a really good question. Um, so I got into Star Wars because of my third grade teacher, uh, Mr. Henry. He was a hu- huge, star- huge Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, in third grade, episode four was re-released in theaters, that this was the special edition re-releases. And so as sort of like an unofficial field trip, he offered to... Um, kind of organize a, a, a showing for all of us where we you know, got to bring our parents and everybody. And so we all went to see it one uh, evening after school. And I was just absolutely blown away. So this, this was before the prequels. This was, I guess, Star Wars got re-released in like 95 or something like that. Um, and so I, I you know, was just mesmerized by episode four in theaters. And then that same weekend went out and rented episodes five and six on uh, VHS. Well, actually, no, no, actually made that part of the story is actually maybe not true. Cause I actually don't know if episodes five and six were available to rent until the special edition re-releases of that so maybe maybe i actually did have to wait a little while to see the next two but anyway as soon as i could get my hands on the next two i did um and, and watch them and just love them as well so yeah that's my that's my star wars story okay so you um and what was what was third grade in relation to when episode one came out was that before or after? So episode one came out in 1999. So, uh, and that was when we were in, I guess, fifth grade. So I guess, I guess actually the Star Wars was re-released in 97 then. Um, yeah, I guess I guess that's what it would have been. Um, and so, yeah, so the episode one was a couple of years later. Okay. So, yeah, I just never, I never got into it. I was never a sci-fi person. I was always... I always mentioned that I was a very boring person, or I, I always liked nonfiction, and uh, I, I enjoyed uh, reading tons of stuff and current events and, that, and history, but I was never a fiction, and particularly I was never a science fiction kind of person. So I always sat out all the Star Wars and the, and the Star Treks and the Stargates and, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, so you you forced, or you uh, strongly suggested I watch this uh, based on the new one coming out. And uh, review, uh, it was fine. That's basically all I have to say. 
So again, I I think so. A couple of things. I think one of the you asked me sort of why you should watch Star Wars and maybe like what what would maybe make it different. I think some of it too is it's not overly sci-fi, if that makes sense. Like it doesn't get it doesn't get too like some sci-fi goes real deep, right? But th- this this seems this stays fairly grounded in a lot of ways. Sure. So, so I'll, I will go more more in depth. So, I mean, I think it was fine. Um, so, like a quick technical note, um, the HD transfer I was I was watching, like it looks for a for a movie that's almost forty years old, looks good. I don't know because I I know there's a lot of um, fan politics about what um because doesn't lucas mess with the old films well so that that's what i was referring to is so in the 90s they came out with the special edition which is where lucas went back and added a couple of small sequences touched up some various effects and people people got very very upset about that so pretty much every release since then there there was a very limited dvd release of the original trilogy a few years back but Every other release since that point, including the most recent Blu-ray release and the iTunes release, has been the uh, special edition. Okay. So yeah, the, the version I was watching uh, looked great. Um, like things hold up for being 40 years old in terms of like, like this, this, a lot of special effects aren't very good, but like it, when you shoot something on film, it transfers to HD very well. So... It was good. Um, overall, like for the first ten to twenty-five minutes, I had really no idea what was going on. Even though I did have a decent knowledge of, like, I I, I know the names Han Solo and Luke Skywalker, but like none of it made any sense to me. I didn't know what the dudes uh, in like the little um, the brown capes or like brown hooded things were the ones that collected the droids yeah but you're not you're not really supposed to you're not you're not supposed to know what's going on that first half hour or so but i felt like i was supposed to like i was like maybe i'm just not a sci-fi person and like that's why i have no idea why things are making noise on screen and why i care about these characters so i think yeah that's a it's an interesting point i think that might just be a byproduct of not seeing them until now because so much of so you're referring to like the tuscan raiders and all those guys, and I gathered that there was there was sand people. There were little dudes in brown hooded sweatshirts or something that collect droids, and then J- Jawas. Stuff. Sure, um, yeah, but so that that stuff has become so ingrained in pop culture that yeah, there is almost an expectation that you would just know. But no, I think if you're someone coming into this with a clean slate like you, you're not supposed to know any of these uh, any of these characters or what they're up to. Okay, um, and then. I guess my main complaint or not complaint, but just my feeling overall and why I was, um, I'm not where I'm, why I'm not super psyched to continue watching them. If I, if I do continue is that I just don't really, there wasn't a lot of character development, so I don't care about any of them. Yeah. There, there's a lot more of that in empire strikes back. Like character development or what do you mean? Yes. Because I, I I assume I I understand that um, it took me a minute to I I legitimately did not know if the uh, the ones in the white plastic suits were the good or the bad people. Because I, again I don't really have a lot of knowledge. I think they're called stormtroopers. Yes. Uh, but apparently they're bad. They're very bad. 
Are they? Yeah. Know. Yes, they are. Um, they're they're securing safety for the. Uh, oh, geez. Are you you're are you an empire guy? Jeez. I, and that's the thing. That's the one where, when the movie first started, and there was like the scrolling thing, I rewound it twice because I didn't know how much of that I actually needed to know. Because, uh, to be honest, until halfway through the movie, I still was unclear as to. Like if the the Rebel Alliance were the bad people, and they're not, right? No, they're they're not. Like I think that part is just was slightly unclear as to who, like as to like the name conventions. Like there was a lot of like history going on when um, uh, Luke starts talking to Obi Wan about like the history and why they have to go where they have to go and, and all that kind of stuff. Oh, and and spoiler alert for whoever hasn't seen this movie in forty years, but, <laughs> right? Um, well, so. The, the the one thing the prequels do, like the one and only good thing the prequels do, is they they do give a lot more context into the kind of the the, the rise of the empire and how the rebellion came about. Um, but I mean, really, like, don't overthink it. I mean, really, the story at the highest level is about an overreaching, oppressive government and a group of people who are trying to fight back against that government. But I guess I d- that's the thing. I just had no idea why. Like, like, wh- like, why is is there a, a rebel group trying? Like, are they oppressed? Like, I I don't. I was never informed of like why the planet system is the way that it is. Why his why his like village or whatever got burned down. Like, no, there was no detail in any of that. Well, th- that was specifically because of they were they were looking for the. Uh, plans to the to the Death Star that had been stolen, and they had known that the drawer. They suspected that the droids that ejected from the ship had them. I'm referring to you know C three PO and R two D two, and they 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 had traced the droids to where they were sold, which is um, Luke's aunt and uncle's house. And so then they, in, in in a way of trying to find those plans, they ended up burning the whole thing down. And it's just because they're terrible, you know, terrible people. Gotcha. Okay. Um. So yeah, I'd like the character development wasn't there, and I wasn't really inter- entirely sure as to just what was going on for a while. And when I did, it just seemed. It seemed like nothing was just ever explained terribly well. So I mean the the action was interesting a lot of the the concepts that are so ingrained in like the American consciousness of like uh use the force or may the force be with you and all that kind of stuff. Like that that was it was nice to know where that came from. But yeah. I I mean yeah so episode 4 is a is a cinematic classic. It just you you got to see it. It it's 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 you know it, it's it's iconic. Um but in the grand scheme of the trilogy and of the series now it, it it's very foundational it, it's it's laying the groundwork for all of the other movies um and i and i'm 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 the type that's not into that like video games are a really common example of this too where a common refrain is oh well you know you just have to play through the first 18 hours and then it starts to get really good like i i hate that kind of mentality so i'm not i'm not trying to like support that or say that's the way it should be but it it does hold true here where Empire Strikes Back is just so good. I, I really do think you should give it a try. Is that five or six? Five. Eh, 
maybe. You really you really should. I I would Is be Is it shorter at least? No, it's probably about the same length, maybe a little longer. <sighs> All right. Um I do have to say that uh the Death Star blowing up was pretty cool. Mhm. That I mean that that whole that whole scene's pretty neat. It is, and I and I did like the whole thing where he shuts off his computer and he does uh he just kind of believes what um So what is his relationship to Obi-Wan? It's his uncle? No. Um that 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 gets further explained. Okay, and also in an, I will in ask movie. I will ask is Obi-Wan dead? Yes. Well, because the thing is when like he's become one with the Force. Okay. Just because the way he died I didn't know if it was just like bad special effects, but just I didn't know if it was like a Harry Potter ish thing, like where you just I didn't know that if you get hit with a lightsaber, you just fall to the ground and disappear. Well, you you only do that if you're Obi Wan. Okay, so that's that's where I was unsure if this wasn't like some well he reappears in the next movie or he somehow escaped and he he so he does play a role in the next movie, but but in a in a way that you would expect. Like as some like guiding spiritual force or something. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, so that that was un- unclear to me, and I thought that was like I don't know. I just didn't know if that was something I was supposed to already know. But well, so I, I I'm honestly telling you that Empire Strikes Back is amazing, and you you should watch it. I think even what I told you last week is if you even remotely enjoyed this this first film, I think you would really like the next one. Yeah, but I think enjoy is a strong word. Like I, 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 well, so what's nice about the next movie too is that where, you know, I, I do think that um, episode four get, maybe gets off to a bit of a slow start. I, I actually really like the beginning, but I could see where someone would think it's maybe a little slow and a little plotting. Um, episode five is completely the opposite. It opens with one of the most exciting sequences of the entire trilogy. Okay. Um... Yeah. So the Death Star is is no more. Like it doesn't factor into any of the other movies. Uh well Because I remember it was one of like the most iconic parts of the of like the entire franchise. So I thought it would last more than one movie. It it does. How does it? Because I've heard that like in, in episode three it's being built or something, but that's not terribly interesting. Well, in episode or you talk about episode three or episode six? Episode three, because it's already destroyed. Why would it be in six? I, I... well, so ep- episode three, it is being built because that's the prequel. Sure, sure. Um, but no, no, it the, the Death Star does absolutely play a role. Um, less so in Empire Strikes Back, but more so in Return of the Jedi, which is episode six. Okay. You just have so, yeah. you just have to watch them to find out. Yeah, I don't care. Oh, man, that, that that kills me a little bit. What? That you just, uh, I just, I, I love Star Wars so much, and it's, it's hard to, it's hard to understand your point of view that you don't. But I, but I respect it. Well, no, it's again as a consolation prize, or as like, or just as something for you. I think I enjoyed it more than I would most other sci-fi things. Like, I think if it was like Star Trek. Like, I, I will never watch a Star Trek movie. But if it was talking about, like, phasers, and, 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 and I, I don't even know what this stuff is. But, like, if there was more, like, fake science-y talk, I, I would greatly dislike it. 
Whereas this had a decent balance, like like the lightsaber is is, is a cool weapon, like stuff like that was um, it it was mildly enjoyable. So I don't think it was for nothing. So I guess it depends on my schedule and if I do find a uh, two hours where there's nothing on TV, and Sports Center is just reading tweets again, I, I might watch it. So we'll see. All right. Well, I I hope that you do. All right. May the force be with you. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. All right, I'm clicking stop. Yeah.